This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here is your host for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Somehow, someway, we pulled it off one more time. Made it to a Friday. Well done. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 800-765-8255. Or you can text the show at 304-TALK-304. Anything goes Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to. So open lines, first half of the show today. Wide open lines for the first half of the show. Second half of the show, going to spend a few minutes with Chris Rose, the other Republican. I say the other Republican because he's going up against two big names and brands for that matter in Governor Justice and Alex Mooney for the GOP nomination for U.S. Senate. Chris is going to join us for a few minutes this morning. We'll get into several issues with him. In the meantime, uh, it's open lines for you at 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255, or you can text the show at 304-TALK-304. I got a whole stack of stories that I did not get to this week. Uh, You know, so to pull the curtain back for just a moment, (laughs) you start putting the show together. You go, okay, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. I want to make sure I mention this. And then you start to come across some stories that, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's kind of weird. And they all go into a pile. And from that pile, you go, all right, if I get to that, we'll we'll talk about it. Generally speaking, we don't get to it because there are usually plenty to talk about. So uh, I'll try to get through some of those stories in the pile. The big top story, you heard it on Fox News this morning, Tony Bennett uh, passing away at the age of 96. He had been in declining health for some time, um, just two weeks shy of his 97th birthday. His publicist confirmed his death to the Associated Press, saying he died in his hometown of New York. No specific cause, but uh, he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in 2016. So Tony Bennett, uh, dead at the age of 96. That's the big national headline this morning. The other thing I saw, (laughs) Twitter is a weird place, and that's why I chuckle. Not Not the passing of Tony Bennett, but that Twitter is a weird place because uh, you're scrolling through it, and you go, oh, let's, okay, Tony Bennett's trending. The other big trending topic this morning, cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. Which I, I guess the, the cocaine bear is jealous that the cocaine sharks now are getting all the attention. Have you seen this story? Sharks are consuming bricks of cocaine that have been dumped in the ocean by smugglers bringing them into the U.S.? So now, what's worst-case scenario? Connor's our producer over there today. He's just going, what? Worst-case scenario would be, well, maybe this could be our next blockbuster. Forget Barbie and forget Oppenheimer. How about Cocaine Sharknado? Huh? Featuring the cocaine bear. You can tell where my mind is today. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number 304-TALK-304. Yeah, Connor's just looking at me going, what? 
What, what is he doing? Here's the headlines up for today. WVU campus workers uh, held a meeting last night, and they are organizing as WVU officials and the administration discuss uh, cuts and about half of the academic programs at the university are under review uh, for possible shrinkage. Uh, probably not the term that Gordon Gee would use, but uh, the, those programs could be contracted. Uh, they could be completely eliminated in, in some instances, and there will be some that are completely eliminated. I, that's, I think that, that is a certainty. Uh, but as that review is ongoing, decisions are really just a few weeks away in September. Uh, the West Virginia campus workers are organizing. Deborah Jansen, associate professor of German, described West Virginia campus workers as an organization as a wall-to-wall bargaining unit administered through the American Federation of Teachers. Wall-to-wall means, by the way, that we are trying to unite all employees into a single bargaining unit so that we can compel desired solutions even though we do not have official collective bargaining rights. Uh, Senior Associate of Research and Strategic Initiatives for AFT, Sumner McRae, provided a financial summary of expenses for instruction and administration, state work, uh, state funding trends, and the cost of student aid. McRae said areas of leverage for the West Virginia Campus workers could be citing the land-grant mission and lobbying for more state funds, helping the administration develop creative recruiting strategies, and lobbying the administration to prioritize funding student-facing units at the university over administrative cost. Um, Scott Critchlow, associate professor of political science, told the group, um, the program review is done without regard to the land-grant mission of the university. He added that enrollment decline has been in the progress for the last eight years, yet many of the programs remain profitable, and that is a strong argument for the faculty. The main argument Critchlow made related to class sizes. The future is larger classes. The future is smaller sections. The future is a worse teacher-student ratio. That's, that's the future that Gordon Gee has laid out. Uh, Montague County Delegate Evan Hansen, uh, representing the 79th District, uh, said he's been involved in meetings with the university and believes some of the budget surplus should be used to help stabilize the balance sheet. I think it's important to recognize those final decisions are going to be judgment calls uh, made by administrators. The, the, the final results are not going to pop out of those spreadsheets. Those are going to be judgment calls. So you can, uh, is this the cut too? Some of that surplus should yeah. be used to stabilize funding at WVU and for public education in general. So you can read Mike Nolting's story this morning. He covered that meeting yesterday over at the website WAJR.com this morning. you got to respect that in the face of the administration's plan and the review, the workers are not just going to stand by and take it i do have a respect for that i think you got to respect that that they are going to to stand up uh defend their programs defend their jobs and try to be part of the solution that you got to respect you got to respect that uh you can read the story at wajr.com 
Senator Capito has secured federal funding for the Harmony Grove Interchange Project. $1.5 million has been included in the transportation bill approved by the Senate Appropriations Committee. Property tax bills are arriving. Uh, Dave Hardy was on with Hoppy yesterday. I believe he's going to talk. Uh, Hoppy will talk more on Metro News Talk Line today about the property tax situation this year. Two things uh, are creeping up. One, the value of your car probably went up, which is nearly unheard of. Cars depreciate the minute you drive them off a lot, right? And that what they always tell you about a brand new vehicle. Uh, the minute you drive it off a lot, it depreciates, and it does. Uh, but with the market being what the market is, those values are going up. So some folks are seeing their property tax bill go up. Uh, the second part of that is many of you, I am sure, are just you get the bill and you pay it in full. So you get that over with, don't have to worry about it. You don't want to do that this year. Uh, you want to pay half and then pay that other half in calendar year 24, of course, on time. Uh, but because of you want to do that because of the property tax rebates that were approved by the legislature that kick in January 1 of 24. Follow me. Go read the story at WVMetroNews.com this morning. Uh, we where it is laid out in detail for you. Police say a man led cops on a multi-county pursuit have been smoking meth prior to that chase. Jeez. Um, congratulations, American Legion. Baseball, Morgantown Post 2 defeated Bridgeport 10-6. That's back-to-back wins over Bridgeport. Uh, to win the Area 2 Tournament Championship, Morgantown had to beat Clarksburg and Bridgeport on Thursday and then had to go back and beat Bridgeport last night to win the Area 2 Championship. So now uh, Post 2 heads to the American Legion State Baseball Tournament beginning Tuesday in Charleston. Pirates off last night. They are they are out west to take on the Angels. And uh, we'll have that game for you late tonight here on WAJR. Open segments. Phones are open. Text line is open at 800-765-TALK, or you can text me 304-TALK-304. Uh, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Chris Rose at the bottom of the hour. 916, hope your Friday's off to a nice start. We're back in a moment. Now back to the talk of the town. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. One of the items that made it into the uh, stack of other stuff. I had to go back. Somebody brought this up on the show last week. Was it last week? Maybe the week before. Last week I was in the big chair most of the week. But um, remember the gum buster machine? Maybe it's been a couple of weeks ago that came up. It came up, I think, after Kim Halls had mentioned, uh, Morgantown City Manager Kim Halls mentioned that they had been doing some um, power washing and they were really turning a corner in downtown. I had to go back and find the old press release. This is from April 2012, City of Morgantown press release. The City of Morgantown has been looking for the funds to buy a gum-busting machine a chewing gum removal device that has steam 
and a brush to scrub gum off sidewalks and streets. After a meeting a few days ago, West Virginia University has agreed to allow the city to use its gum buster and will even assist with the necessary training for those city employees who will use it. Arrangements are currently being made between the city and the university to create a collaboration agreement. Quote, this is uh, Terrence Moore, the former city manager uh, and city manager at the time. Quote, once we've had an opportunity to direct both training and initial use of WVU's machine, city administration will be able to better evaluate additional and specific equipment needs that may become necessary to effectively execute this program. Meanwhile, I wish to publicly thank WVU uh, for their willingness to assist the city of Morgantown's efforts in this regard. Updates in regard to a gum buster collaboration agreement will be made as events unfold. That was uh, April 6th, 2012. Now, I bring this up, yes, with tongue firmly planted in cheek, uh, but think about this. 10 years ago, 11 years ago, cleaning gum off the sidewalks was the problem. There are property owners, business owners. Gum is the least of their worries now. In fact, they would probably welcome if gum was the problem on the sidewalk and other areas. Secondly, at least there was an effort being made to clean up. It seems now it takes an act of Congress, almost, to get trash picked up. The gum-busting machine. I had forgotten all about it until uh, one of the texters brought it up. 304-TALK-304 is the text line, 800-765-8255, the phone number. Texter says, Dave, I was in a pool, says WVU Department Leads. <laughs> Dave, WVU is shrinking like a frightened turtle says the texter. <laughs> well, I said, yeah, yeah. Well, I said the programs were under review, and one of the possibilities is they could they could be scaled back, and I, and I referred to it as shrinkage. And you all took off and run it from there. <laughs> uh, 304-TALK-304. Dave, way too early steam. The signal on WAJR is not very good on Chaplin Hill. Um, duly noted. Three or four talk, three or four. Anything goes Friday. We'll talk about whatever you want to. Chris Rose is going to join us bottom of the hour, a Republican U.S. Senate candidate. Dave, city administration is a mess. Firefighters still aren't being paid correctly for their holidays. Even when playing by city policy, they decided to change the policy after payroll is submitted and still incorrectly paying out for holidays based on their policy and precedent set forth. Really? That, that, that's what I said. Actually, I don't know if I, I articulated this well or not the other day because the frustration is just to a point where the, the pattern of incompetence is really getting to people. Look, nobody is asking the city council members in Morgantown to fix 
national, international problems. They can't fix housing market prices. There's a lot of things they cannot do because it's, it's Morgan. But there are a lot of things you can do. And maybe the problem is Morgantown, as a, a city and as an administration, is trying to do too much. Often that that is the case, especially in government. When there's a problem, they try to do more. And the more government tries to do, the more it doesn't do well. The answer might actually be addition by subtraction. Try to do the basic things and do them really well. Like pay your firefighters. Actually, all city employees. Pay them all correctly. How about that? I told you there are a few things you can do as a city, and if you do those few things well, generally people will be happy. Public safety, so cops and firefighters. If you have enough cops, you have enough firefighters, people feel safe. You pick up the garbage. Um, reliable public utilities. I mean... Everything else is kind of in roads, obviously. Everything on top of that's gravy. If you can do those basic, those basic governmental responsibilities, if you do them really well, people are generally going to be fairly happy with you. And if you do those things really well, then you can do other. Uh, you can go in and work on other initiatives. But you can't be going in 87 different directions and not doing any of them very well. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing, and not hearing from the firefighters, but hearing that for whatever reason, they can't seem to get this pay right. Three or four talk, three or four. Uh, Dave, now we need a bum buster. LMFOA or LMFAO. I know what that means. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to talk to Chris Rose. He's a Republican running for U.S. Senate. He has a tall order. He's running for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate. And he is up against two sitting elected officials in Governor Justice and Congressman Alex Mooney. Governor Justice is an extremely popular governor. His approval numbers are high. His polling numbers right now, uh, he has significant early advantages uh, or early edges over Congressman Mooney in the polling. Also, all three of these candidates are, they're, they're all conservative candidates. Some, I would say, more conservative than others. Alex Mooney tries to portray himself and has promoted himself as the only conservative candidate in the race. But uh, Chris Rose certainly would challenge that and say he's the most conservative candidate in the race. The other thing, they are super well-funded. Jim Justice... He's going to have a lot of money, has a lot of money at his disposal. Uh, certainly Alex Mooney has a lot of money at his disposal. So a long story short, Chris Rose is the underdog candidate when it comes to U.S. Senate and the GOP race. We'll talk to him coming up 
on the other side of the news. Right now, it is 9.30. Time to get a news update. Let's check in with the Metro News Radio Network. Find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. In the race for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate, much of the attention has been focused on uh, the two sitting elected officials, Governor Justice and Alex Mooney. But there is a third candidate uh, who is running for the GOP nomination. His name is Chris Rose. You may have heard of him. I'm going to guess you have as um, his name has come up from time to time. Uh, he has been out doing it the hard way uh, on the boot or boots on the ground, grassroots campaign effort. He joins us on Talk of the Town this morning to talk about his campaign. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Dave. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing today, uh, sir? Doing well. Good to speak with you again. Uh, give us uh, a little bit about about you. Kind of introduce yourself to the audience here, who you are, where you come from, and then then we'll get into some of the topics. Oh, absolutely. I'm a fourth-generation West Virginia coal miner. Um, I grew up in the southern coal fields of McDowell County, West Virginia, relocated to Morgantown area around 2012. You know, due to Obama and Biden's war on coal, I relocated to this area to stay employed. I worked my way up from, you know, general labor with my hands all the way up to mine management as part of a management team that managed hundreds of millions of dollars during that war on coal. And despite all of that, we were still able to keep our mine open and thriving. And I'm also, you know, obviously involved politically. I was part of the Tea Party movement in 2010. I was a regional field director for the Tea Party. I was a volunteer for uh, President Trump in 2016 and 2020 in his campaigns. And I've helped other state senators and House delegates around our state get elected, promoting conservative policies. I'm a mechanical and electrical engineer, attended Bluefield State College, was the first chairman of the Bluefield State College Republicans while attending that, that college, which is now a university. And I'm a lifetime hunter and fisherman, and I'm a lifetime West Virginian. What got you interested in politics to begin with, Chris? Well, I mean, obviously, the war on coal had a heavy influence on that with me, with my father being employed and growing up and seeing the highs and the lows and all the uh, picking winners and losers that's coming out of D.C., you know, all the overregulation and overreach that they do. But also, you know, just uh, wanted to make a difference, you know, seeing the direction the way our country was headed. You know, my generation, you know, we grew up during the era of 9-11. We graduated in from high school into the Great Recession, and you know all of that had an influence on me to want to step up and make a difference. Chris, on your website, you describe yourself as the ultra MAGA conservative candidate. I hear that term thrown around on both sides of the aisle, both negatively and positively, but I don't hear it defined. So, can you define that for me? When you say you're the ultra MAGA conservative, what does that mean? Well, it means that I'm, a, I'm, I'm very conservative and I'm a populist conservative that's very interested in putting our own country first, that we need to quit spending money, you know, in all these endless wars and sending money overseas and address the issues here at home. It's what the ultra-maga part of it is. It's po- very populist in nature, you know, securing our borders, you know, immigration reform to have a more vetting process of people coming into our country. We are a nation of immigrants, but you know, we're also a nation of law and order. Uh, it's also to, you know, put like people like our veterans first, for example. We have a lot of homeless veterans, but yet we send, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars to other countries. But yet for just a fraction of that, we could take care of our veterans. And, you know, there's issues like that. Um, I'm pro-life, you know, ultra-maga, very pro-life, uh, very strong on the Second Amendment. Shall not be in French is pretty clear to me. Um, it's And, yeah, the term does get through way, around each way, but 
it's just someone who really wants to take care of our country first, which I would think, you know, there's people on both sides of the aisle that agree with that statement. They may disagree on how to do that, but ultimately it just means putting America first above all else. Talking to Chris Rose, Republican running for U.S. Senate. In this primary race, Chris, you're clearly a conservative. Alex Mooney uh, has called himself the only true conservative in the race. Jim Justice touts himself as a conservative. So how do you set yourself apart from a very conservative field, obviously, in the primary? Well, what I would tell people is I'm not a career politician, nor am I beholden to a donor class or political establishment. No, I'm not running because this is something that I have to do with my life. You know, I'm doing this because I want to make a difference. I'm not doing it for fame or fortune. You know, these people have to be politicians. These people have to hold office. I'm doing it for different reasons. I'm doing it to want to help my state. I'm a sixth generation West Virginian. And, you know, my family, I can hear the stories. And when West Virginia was one of the richest states in the union, today it's the poorest. And McDowell County, where I'm originally from, was the richest county in the union. Today it's the poorest. And these politicians, they're not doing enough to stand up for our energy jobs. They're not doing enough to stand up for our way of life. So that's one reason why I can differentiate myself from them is I have the receipts of my family living through all that. But another thing I'll say is it's real easy to move here from another state or switch political parties for convenience. I have the I have the receipts of being a conservative in West Virginia when it wasn't necessarily the most popular thing to do. I was part of the grassroots movement who flipped our state from blue to red after 84 straight years as a Democrat controlling the legislature. That's not hard. That's not an easy thing to do. I stood with the conservatives in this state at a time when these other two were nowhere to be found. Where were they when we were flipping the state from blue to red? Where were they when we were going up against people like Joe Manchin, who controlled the Democrat Party, and now he's just hanging on by a thread? Where were they? I was there. I had the receipts to prove that. I was boots on the ground, standing by the conservative movement in this state when it wasn't popular to do so. Talking to Chris Rose, uh, Republican running for U.S. Senate, uh, running for the Republican nomination. All right, let's jump into uh, a couple of the topics um, I wanted to bring up today. One is an election integrity. Uh, first of all, let's establish a baseline here. Why is election integrity important to you? Well, it's important to me for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, 2020 uh, did not have a very legitimate outcome. So many questionable things happened in 2020. But to be fair, the other side of the aisle says the same thing about 2016. And you have people like Stacey Abrams in Georgia who's claimed it twice. So both sides of the aisle have claimed foul in elections. And I think we need to come together to pass election integrity reform to be able to get elections that we all trust and are, you know, are fair, free, and efficiently counted. We shouldn't have election week or election month. It needs to be election day. But we need to have those election reforms where no matter which side of the aisle you are, Democrat, Republican, Independent, we have an election, we trust the outcome, and we're able to move on after that one single day. So your plan to regain the trust, regain integrity, is to turn back the clock, maybe, is a way to describe it? Um, well, I mean, some people that are against what we're proposing would argue that, but I would argue that countries like France, they do secure paper ballots with serial numbers, and I think that we should do the same. You know, we could have a secure paper ballot with a serial number. You're able to take the serial number home with you, and the very next day after the election's counted, you're able to enter that into the, the website, and you're able to see how your ballot is counted. It's a way for you to be able to check and make sure your ballot is counted the way you cast it. Now, that obviously removes the computer algorithm machines out of the way, and there's some people that necessarily don't like that but i'm just i'm sorry but other nations have already took these measures for the same reasons so why should we be you know real hesitant why who wouldn't want free and fair elections 
And, you know, I want the state legislatures, obviously, to address that issue. I don't want that to come from Congress because I do not want to federalize our elections. But one thing we can do on a federal level is absolutely hammer down on anyone who's caught doing election fraud, regardless of political party. Chris, two questions here, and then we got to hit the uh, commercial break. We're, we're talking to Chris Rose, a Republican running for U.S. Senate. Do you believe the 2020 election was a fair and free election? I do not. Do you believe the 2016 election was a free and fair election? I do. What's the difference? Because you brought up that both sides, you know, Democrats cha- challenged 2016, claimed there was interference. So what's, why, why was 16 free and fair 2020 was not in your mind? Very fair question, because obviously one side was Republican, the other was Democrat. So why was 2016 fair and 2020 not? Hillary Clinton has provided new evidence past the claims that Russia helped Trump. That's all she ever said. Everything you've ever investigated into Trump and Russia has all been debunked. Well, on the other hand, what we have for 2020 is you have the selection code by Laura Logan. You have 2,000 mules by Dinesh D'Souza. You have all this work by Dr. Frank and Mike Lindell. You have you know, Seth Keschel, who's even here in West Virginia, has found voter irregularities in our own state. You cannot have more votes than voter registration. And that's happened in Pennsylvania, happened in Michigan, happened in Wisconsin. And that's, what, that's the difference between the two elections. Chris, why hasn't any of that evidence come to a judge or been upheld in court? Or I mean, I, I've heard all those same things, but none of it seems to have panned out in, in, in court or any or stood up to any legal challenge yet. No, you're absolutely right, and that's what's so frustrating about it. You see all this evidence come out, and they can't really debunk it. They can just sit here and cry that it's debunked, but prove it's prove what the, 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 these people I've named have produced is, fake, is false. They can't. But unfortunately, we have a, two ju- a two-tiered justice system in this country right now, which is another reason why my candidacy is so important, is to help people like Rand Paul really clean up the justice system in this country. Chris Rose running for U.S. Senate, uh, running for the Republican nomination uh, for U.S. Senate. We've got to take a break. We're going to continue our conversation on the other side back in a moment. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town. Talking to Chris Rose, he is running for the Republican nomination to U.S. Senate. Chris, we'll try to touch on as many topics as we can here over the next couple of minutes. I want to hit on energy. Obviously, uh, that you have an energy background coming from McDowell County. You've worked in the coal industry. Uh, you're currently working in, uh, in, in still in the coal industry, correct? Not in the coal industry. I work on the transmission side for a utility company. Transmit. But, okay. Uh, I'll leave their name anonymous just out of respect sure, for them. Sure. They don't want to be involved in any political campaign. Uh, I work um, for the, for a power company. Uh, uh, very understandable. Very understandable. But uh, what I wanted to ask was about energy independence and your plan to take the U.S. back to or get the, U- the U.S. on path to energy independence. What do you propose? Oh, absolutely. The first thing we have to do is quit picking winners and losers in the energy sector, quit subsidizing you know, wind and solar. If they are going to be the energies of the future, you need to be able to compete in an open and free market. The second thing is to be able to take the handcuffs off of America's energy producers and get them back going again. You know, Biden turned off the spigot here in the United States, which was what really fueled our inflation that we've seen over the last couple of years. But instead of you know, producing here and buying it from our energy producers, which are the cleanest in the world, by the way. So if you're if you're someone who cares about the environment, no one produces energy cleaner, you know, fossil fuel energy cleaner than the, than the United States. 
But instead of buying it from us, he wants to go to these other nations who have no emission standards whatsoever, and they do not care. They, they build coal-fired power plants faster than we can tear one down. So what we really need to do is unleash American energy by renewing these leases and expanding leases on federal land. We need to open up federal land to even coal mining, and we also need to rein in the EPA for making regulations outside of Congress because uh, up front it's unconstitutional, but no one has really checked them on it other than, you know, West Virginia versus the EPA. That lawsuit did. But outside of that, Congress has done very little to rein in the EPA, and they need some legislative oversight to rein them back in where all of those regulations have to go through Congress. Chris Rose joining us, uh, running for Republican nomination to U.S. Senate. As far as education goes here in West Virginia, we know that uh, education is an issue. We continue to be uh, toward the bottom when it comes to educational rankings. You actually propose on your website to eliminate the U.S. Department of Education. Why and how would that actually benefit education across the country in your mind? Well, I can tell you why, absolutely. Absolutely. So in 1979, when Jimmy Carter formed the Federal Department of Education, America was number one in the world in education prior to that going through. But what has happened since then? We have, we're no longer even in the top 25 in the world. And here in West Virginia, we now reside over the lowest test scores, not only in state history, but American history. And our public school systems are in a lot of dire straits here. We, in West Virginia, we spend the 23rd most per student in schools per child for education, but yet we're ranked dead last by far. So one thing we can do is get the federal government back out of our education system because that's where it went downhill in the first place. You know, with the federal department of education came in, then it was no child left behind under Bush, then Common Core over Obama. All those programs have one thing in common. Educational scores in this country crashed after each one of them. We need to return the power of education back to the classroom, to the teacher and the parents. So we need to get rid of the federal department of education, free up those tax dollars, to follow the child. We need to fund the child and not the school, and we need to expand school choice because these other schools that are being opened up, these charter schools and these private schools, have so much better educational standards for our children, and one way to help afford that is to be able to take that money, set aside for the Federal Department of Education, and attach it to the child that's going to these schools. Got a couple of minutes left here with uh, Chris Rose running for the Republican U.S. Senate nomination here in West Virginia. Chris, Social Security, Medicare, they are in deep trouble. They're facing... Uh, We're marching toward shortfalls in the not-too-distant future. In fact, a report from the trustees of Social Security and Medicare concluded that uh, they'll only be able to pay retirement and survivor benefits on a timely basis until 2033. How do we fix these institutions and and pay for these entitlements? Well, the first thing we got to do is make all the money that's been borrowed from them, and both sides of the aisle are guilty on this one, all the money that's been borrowed from Social Security and Medicare need to be paid back with interest because those funds invest that money to make money to help it grow the way it can afford to pay the growing retirement class. But the problem is both sides of the aisle, the career politicians that are in D.C. have borrowed money and borrowed money and borrowed money from it but never paid it back. So what we need to do is all these agencies they funded that money with, they need to give up 2% of their budget a year to put it back into Social Security and Medicare until those funds are well-funded again because it never would have been in this situation if they never borrowed the money from it. Chris, got about 30 seconds here. A lot of people are the the quote-unquote experts are saying you have no shot in this race. Why do you believe you do have a shot, and why should people give you a chance here? Well, I'll also tell those same experts that, you know, eight years ago to today, Donald Trump was at 1% in the polls and had even he was polling less than I am in this race. I'm at 10% in a lot of the polls, and there's some I'm doing worse or some I'm doing better. 
But one thing I'll say about it is West Virginia learns my message of a working class conservative, as someone who's actually worked with their hands and been, in, you know, knows what it's like to earn, work hard to earn a buck. That resonates with West Virginia. And the more people that learn about our campaign, they're really going to get behind us because they're sick and tired of these career politicians who just provide lip service and they don't care you know, how they vote because it doesn't affect their lives. Chris Rose, Republican running for U.S. Senate. Chris, I appreciate you taking some time today, and I'm sure we'll talk again between now and uh, May of 24. All right, sounds good, Dave. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Chris Rose, again, uh, running for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate. Back to wrap up the week in a moment. Now back to the talk of the town. 304 Talk 304, the text line. Let me see. We can do a couple of textures here. Dave, 2,000 mules, cell phone pings are not reliable. January 6th, cell phone pings leads to arrest of insurrectionist. Thanks for clarifying CNN. Dave, for someone claiming not to be a politician, Chris Rose sure pontificates like one. Um, uh, 304 Talk, 304. Hey, Dave, Chris Rose has no chance of being governor of West Virginia. Why is he and you wasting our time? What a joke. And clearly, you're paying attention. He's not running for governor, uh, running for U.S. Senate. And, look, brutal, brutally honest, very, 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 very slim chance. Don't say none. Like, those absolute type of predictions... Be careful with those. Uh, but, yes, he is going up against two very, very tough candidates there. Is it impossible? Well, no, it's not impossible. Is it probable? The answer is still no. I'm on vacation next week. Mike Nolting will be filling in. I'll talk to you a week from Monday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.